Welcome five one volleyball to Freeball the volleyball podcast. From our perspective, it's just me today. It's Louis, um, as Cam has a real job, um, so Cam has to miss out as he's teaching the youth of tomorrow. But how you doing? Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Love your podcast. Big fan. And when you asked me to come on, I was pretty excited. Yeah, I'm stoked. I, I love listening to yours as well. I've been been listening to the latest ones, and you, you're you're a volleyball knowledge man. Uh, I'm a volleyball nerd for sure. Yeah, we, call it that. which is yeah. which is awesome. You've managed to to grab a lot of followers, a good following on Instagram, um, and you just seem to be watching and getting into everything all the time. Is that true? Pretty much, yeah. Watch. I, I say my tagline is I watch more volleyball than anyone else, and you know I don't know if that's for sure true, but <laughs> it's probably close to it. Yeah, that's that's really that's really cool. So every every sort of league, men's, women's beach indoor uh mostly men's indoor right now but branching out as time goes on yeah starting to do a little more women starting to do a little more beach as well yeah not so much beach yet we're still working on that yeah keep keep that one in mind mate this uh yes. it's a great i know day. you're a huge a huge beach guy so. yeah i'm a, ma- a massive beach guy uh but yeah. i've also over the past few years yeah found myself getting i was brought i was brought up on indoor volleyball so now i'm i'm right back into it which which yeah, is a great well, thing. i mean it's an exciting exciting time to be like getting into indoor volleyball so much great competition going on right now between the italian league polish league champions league brazilian league there's just there's, there's a lot to keep track of a lot to a lot to watch yeah that's epic so i was going to ask for like your your general rundown like, i've been following it but i don't think i don't think i've been following as closely as you so let's uh for both sets of listeners let's just uh yeah throw it out there what, what sure if... we picked a good day to do this podcast because right after today uh right after the podcast we have two italian league matchups between Perugia, Modena, and then Lube Civitanova and Trentino. Both must wins for uh, Modena and Trentino if they want to stay alive. And we also have those Polish league matchups where it's a do or die kind of game three to decide who goes on to the final. So lots of good volleyball today, right in the middle of the semifinals for both leagues. And then in Brazil, we had the finals start last night between Sao Paulo and Tabate. And Germany, we have the finals coming up in Argentina got a lot of volleyball going on France the playoffs just started so like there's stuff going on all over the place but yeah let's let's talk Italian league uh I'm super into it so for me I've turned into a bit of a Lube fan uh don't really want to say that publicly I've just (laughs) loved like obviously they've got rid of Madai now uh the coach before um but I thoroughly enjoy covering them through Robert Landy Simon uh, Yohani Lille, Juan Terena. It's like the that Cubans, the Cuban yeah. team that never really happened playing together. Yeah, exactly. And, you kind of get to watch. watch and then they signed they signed Bruno, which for me, yeah. pound for pound, I love watching him run a game. Uh, He's but, an exciting setter to watch yeah. for sure. So I I love watching him. So but between those guys, and then you bring Sokolov in, mm-hmm. you, you've got a dreamy team. Um, they obviously got rid of Grabinikov uh, last year. To, That's too bad. He. I mean, at least you still got to watch him on Trentino, right? Yeah, for sure. And I actually spoke to Madai. He said um, that it was because he wanted an Italian libero. And mm-hmm. I think that was because he could he could free up a, a foreigner space for a point scorer. You, you would... Well, you, you see that a lot, that the libero spot is really tough for a foreign libero to come in, especially in Italy, in Russia, and Poland, where there's kind of a limited amount of spots. But yeah, Lube Civitanova, I like them because it always seems to be a different guy every game 
kind of stepping up to the plate. It's been Sokolov and Leal recently, but we've also seen Bruno have really good games. We saw, obviously, Juan Torreira at the start of the playoffs play really well. So it's, it's always interesting to see which guy of that game will, will be their main feature. Yeah, I've loved watching how they've progressed as well because they've, they've turned into like a super big-hitting, out-of-system side. Mm-hmm. Where I think that's where you trade the... You, you trade the Taylor Sander from last year who might pass slightly better. But if you right. don't pass well, then you've still got big options on the wings and you can you can score from anywhere in that team. And I think when I, when I covered them, I covered them at the World Club Championships. Unfortunately, I didn't get any Champions League this year, uh, which, I'm, which I'm gutted about. To be <laughs> um, oh, in the finals again. They're in the finals again, but I just think they've, they've needed, they made quite a few changes. So when I covered them at the World Club Champs, they weren't quite, they weren't yeah, quite there. Right. It didn't seem like they had a shaky start to the season for sure. Yeah. It kind of felt like you know Leal and Simon didn't really fit, you know, with the culture of the team and all these changing parts. Took a while to to gel together, but now it's mm. now they look like the best team in volleyball, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think he's he's for sure the one of the best, if not the best, middle player I've ever seen. Yes, he's for he's, sure. he's unreal, Robert Landis. Him and Mazursky, I think, are the two guys that are head and shoulders above the rest of the middle position. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you think that the Lube curse is real? Do you think they're going to be able to finally get a gold medal? Because what is it, the last seven. seven or eight tournaments they've been in? Second place again and again. Yeah, and you don't even know, like, it's more luck than it is anything else, right? Because you look at the players they've got in their team, it's not that they've not been there before and it's not that they haven't right, won exactly. things. So it's some, some random curse. And obviously Zenit, uh, Zenit, they're... They're incredible, and they should be given their due in Champions League volleyball. And Leon last year, his performance at like at clutch time, unreal. I mean, yeah, Zenik is on going for a fifth in a row, mm-hmm. sixth in the last decade. Champions I did a little bit of research across all the kind of major sports. That's that's the most titles in a major competition between like NHL, NBA, MLB. I think I did soccer Champions League as well. Like that's pretty unprecedented. That's good that research. Of winning. I'm gonna nick it. <laughs> I'm gonna steal it <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> that's that's yeah. amazing. I'll credit to, credit to you. That's that's incredible. But Zenit Zenit are going through a, uh, a bit of a crazy stage at the minute as well. Obviously, Engapeth started performing, uh, right. which is great. He he was a bit shaky. Obviously, had problems at the World Club Champs where I was broadcasting earlier on in the year. Uh-huh. He he's been instrumental in the Champions League. He he really did play well, and he played well for the team in the Champions League to knock out yes. Perugia. But how funny was it that they almost lost to Trefl Gdansk in that quarterfinal matchup? Yeah, I watched it. Un- unbelievable. <laughs> uh, cra- absolute craziness. But why do you think that is? What What do you think the balance is with Zenit? How How can they be rocked? I mean, the thing is, in that in that series, they looked very beatable. They weren't putting nearly as much service pressure on Gdansk as I think they could. Yeah. They couldn't really do anything about Machi Muzai, and I think I think that's the key. If you're gonna beat uh, Zenit Kazan, you just have to have that opposite who's on fire you can get every single out of system ball to them you can just rely on them because Machi Muzai getting what like 10 10 sets a uh, per set averaging over 50% hitting unreal yeah uh, but then you saw against Perugia they looked fairly comfortable for the most part you know they you knew it was going to be a serving battle and then the one time Leon isn't scoring above an ace per set was that pretty much that series so if Leon's not serving like that yeah, the That's thing is I, with Leon is that he's he's the full package, isn't he? He scores points from everywhere and in every situation, and you need him to be you need him to be firing to 
well, when you see when Zenit is successful, it's mostly because Leon steals the show. Right. And, but, oh, yeah. In all those, all those years and that amazing performance he had last year in the finals as well. You can even see with, with Engerpath now that he's not scoring as many points as Leon, but he's still, mm-hmm. he's still being Engerpath and being creative and, and finding right. solutions. Would you say that, like, maybe it's me, but with Anderson and Engerpath outside, I, uh, I always thought that Zenit were maybe a little bit understrapped physically on the yeah, wings? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that was a question a lot of people had going to the season. Like, they relied on Leon so much for just being kind of that reliable offensive option out of system. You know, Engapet's a great player, but the main advantages he brings are mainly, like, he's a great passer, he's great back row defense, he's very creative, he's a good server. Maybe not, like, the actual purely hitting he's not the best at. So, yeah, but I think I have to give a little credit to Buko here uh, because he's I think he's done a really good job of set distribution, finding guys in the right spots. And I think we have to give credit to the Zenikazan, like, passing and defense. I think, I think that's what separates them is that they're the best passing and defensive team pretty much in volleyball right now, Anderson, Angapet, and yeah, Rubov. They're, they're unbelievable. All just incredible. It just seems funny to me that, that Lube have gone one way to be a bit more like Zenit, and yeah. then Zenit have <laughs> sort of become a bit more like Lube in the way that they, they're working on defense. They have great defense, they have great passes. Well, so you think the Russian teams traditionally kind of like the super physical, hard-hitting yeah, teams, and the Italian course. teams are the more technical guys, but yeah, like you said, a little switch. Just a shift. But then that leads us to, uh, obviously, Anderson moving across to Medena next year, which is which is massive. But he's right. moved as a left sider, which is mental, because mm-hmm. rumour has it that John Sparrow wanted him to play right side for the national obviously he plays that for the national team. So that's that's uh that's well, it's even more surprising because uh, I don't know I was listening to a podcast with do you know Coach Donnie on YouTube? No. Okay. He's this guy who does a lot of like more volleyball tutorials kind of skill stuff. Mm-hmm. But he also managed out to get an interview with Matt Anderson and they talked for like an hour and a half. But one of the questions he asked, like, do you prefer playing outside or opposite? And without hesitation, Matt Anderson was like opposite. So I'm not sure <laughs> why he's he's playing outside at Modena. Maybe that was they only offered the contract as an outside. We'll see. Well you never know because Zaitsev might go to Lube. Right. And then Which it... would which would put Modi in a, in a really tough position because then they're capped out on the foreign guys, right? Yeah. They can't hire a foreign opposite. But but then maybe they, they can use they can use Anderson as a right side. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, but maybe he seems to be like maybe that's he emphasizing fits in. on Instagram and such that yeah. I'm going to Modi to play outside. Yeah. So. I've, yeah, I've signed as a left side. Everybody, I'm yeah, not exactly. playing right side. <laughs> seems very like suspiciously clear in that. Uh, in that. But, you know, Modena's big problem, and I think why people haven't been treating them as, like, a serious title contender is because they didn't really have that second uh, outside threat. They had Ernau, they had Ben Norgen for part of the year, they had Calabaritan for part of the year, they picked up Kevin Tilly yeah. recently, but none of those guys have really cemented themselves as, you know, that reliable outside threat. And you need two reliable outside threats. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you need two point, two point scorers out there as well as good passes, or at least one... Like perfect passer with one humongous point scorer, okay. exactly. P- potentially, that's that's really interesting. But that also means that Mikhailov, rumor has it that he's going to be going on the outside right for Zenit, yeah. which is something How that's interesting. Is that going to be? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I, I had a, a few beers with uh, a friend of mine or two Australians who played at the twenty twelve Olympics. Both listeners as well. So Nathan um, Roberts and Aiden Tun, and oh, they were just Ro- yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. playing in France right now, is he? 
yeah, he's finished. He's come to England for a vacation. <laughs> so yeah, obviously vacation central. So we we had some yeah. beers, and yeah, he said just rumor had it he's going to go on the outside, and he's been playing there in some of the lower fixtures. So they're just getting him ready, but obviously he passes the ball great, and he's he's a great defender as well. So you then think of the height and the angles that he can hit from the left side. Like he'll yeah. he'll be humongous if they. Uh, they get him in, but also Sokolov is probably the best buy that you can get in that opposite position that oh, fits yeah. that fits Zenit. Zenit don't want anyone to improve, right? Zenit won the finished they won the finished exactly. article. So he just fits straight into that side so well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially I think Sokolov in the Russian league is such a is a good space for him. Yeah, I think so too. But He's, I think Mikhailov Zenit Kazan would not put all their eggs in the Mikhailov outside basket unless he's been passing well in practice for a couple of years now I'm sure yeah and he's played there for Russia before right um, yeah well, I, that legendary game at the Olympics right yeah I heard that on your last podcast and it reminded me it was uh, as <laughs> well I was still focusing heavily on beach but obviously I've seen the right. final so yeah I, he he's he can do it he's and it's also a new test for him right he's getting to an age now where I guess yeah, he he needs a new challenge yeah. every now and again, and he's not going to leave. He won't leave Zenit Kazan. Like he won't leave no. Russia, so it's I a mean, new challenge for him. Win a couple more Champions League, win a couple more Russian League titles, and I think he's in the conversation for greatest player of all time, in my opinion. Oh, big one! Who do you reckon is the greatest player of all time? That's a tough one. I don't think volleyball really. I know you guys like Chiba. Loving, oh, we were loving Chiba. G- yeah, we just love. We loved him. He was in London. He's a great dude. So yeah, we yeah, took yeah. champion Chiba all day. I think he's in the conversation. For yeah, sure. uh, hmm. Kurt Karai, you know, only guy to win it, but in beach and indoors. So I guess if you're like combining, combining those two, he could be in the conversation. It's tough though. Um, I think I think the current generation I think is the most talented we've ever had. So I think someone like Mikhailov, when it's all said and done, he retires. You could look back on his career and say maybe he's the best guy. I think Wilfredo Leon is another guy who I think is on the path if he continues. Yeah, so maybe it'd be in that conversation as well. I would, I would say Leon is for me the pound for pound best player in the world. Oh, yeah. As of right now, for sure. For and sure. yeah, I would say that he would potentially go down as the best of all time, depending on where he goes and what he does next. Yeah. Right? Like he could go and win an Olympics for Poland. Like, that wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that'd be incredible. It would be really incredible. So, what about the post league talking Poland? In enthrall right. me because I follow Skra a fair bit. Um, I've been following Zaxa a little bit. To be a Scra fan. <laughs> no, definitely not a good season to be a Scra fan. And they started, they started poorly. Like they, right. they, they, they did start poor, but then they, they grew a little bit, and then it's gone off, off again. But they were really focusing on the Champions League. Right, and they did do. I mean, fourth place in Champions League, nothing to be ashamed of at all. And that was a great series uh, in the quarterfinals as well. They won. Um, but Polish league today. We have Zaxa, Kajurjan Kajle versus Zavierci, who I think, Mark Lebedu coaching that team, I think is the, like, the greatest like, underdog story we have in volleyball right now. Like Nobody thought they were going to be uh, make it this far in the season. A lot of them, people didn't even expect them to make the playoffs. Not really a lot of big names on the team. I'm sure like if you go check the roster, you'll be like, hmm, I kind of remember that guy. And I wonder who this guy is. But they were so close. They were up 2-0 on Zaxa in the last game to win it because they won the first match best of three and now they're they're have to play in Zaxa because Kaja because Zaxa did come back so they're a uh, team to keep an eye on mm-hmm. you know it's an underdog story everyone's rooting for them in Poland because Zaxa they're kind of like went 21 and 3 in the regular season 
completely yeah. dominating Polish volleyball for a while now. He's so. Lebedee's making quite a name for himself. Um, I think big online influence, obviously. Yes. Um, but also he seems to just get it, doesn't he? Gets the game, gets mm-hmm. the sport. He's he's a learner of the game. Um, I think if you cross some coaches, um, I don't know, maybe Italian, Argentinians have been in discussions around beer tables or around yeah. what whatever else, like they're quite fixed and this is the way that it is and it has to be like this, where I think Leverage is quite current and quite open and uh, very tactical, tactically astute, but also gets how to work with people and players. And I think right. it's, it's, it's important. And you look at the other successful coaches like Vital Hain and uh, another one that I think of would be Jamie Morrison, Karch, okay. really, yeah. op- really open, open with learning, open mm-hmm. as a person, um, and I think that really does come out in in, in what we do. Oh, my lamps almost just. Well, I just love because he has, you know, he puts everything out online. Like you were saying, like all the resources, all his thoughts, all his philosophies, and really accessible person. And I think even beyond volleyball, I don't think there's many coaches who do that in general across all no. sports. No, and I I enjoy I, I enjoy reading his content, and I. I think he's a good ambassador for the game. I think he enjoy he he deserves his success, and I think the Aussies will be really strong having him there as well in his experience. But also oh, sure. the Aussies having him, yeah, I think they're quite like having an Australian at the helm as well. I think that's yeah. that's pretty yeah. cool, right? So that yeah. that's the Polish league. Who 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 are you backing? Can still, I talk Zaxi? about the other semifinals matchup quickly? Oh, you can talk about where, you can talk about wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for Warsaw, uh, Bartosz Kirak has you know went there kind of midway through the season injured right before the finals i guess he's had like this nagging back injury that they decided was too much for him to go on and obviously for correct and the emphasis is on being healthy for the polish uh national team season this summer so he was injured right before the uh, series my canadian guy shawan Verden evans as the backup opposite hasn't really played all season because of correct but now he's getting a chance but then in the first match bartosz uh, Folek, the outside hitter was injured right like i think 10 points into the first set so they lost two of their best players right away in the series so wow. they lost that first match and the second match uh they signed matchy muzai funnily enough wow. <laughs> volleyball is funny you can kind of just you know sign a player yeah sign sign Maldives. like at the end of the like in the middle of the playoffs anyway uh he didn't end up playing in the second match uh, Shawan Verdin Evans actually got the start of opposite, and then Nikolay Penchev. He seems to be. A, he's been around for a long time, Penchev. Yeah, it, he seems, and he's. I think he's. Well, he's only in his mid twenties too. Yeah. It seems like he's been around longer than that. Seems like it's a long time. I, I'm excited by the Canadian opposite, Vernon Evans. Covered them <laughs> at the World Champs. Um, time is going to be his friend. I think. Yes. I think. I think he has to be patient. Um, but I think he has all the makings at the size that he that he is. Right. He he can he can hit some some really gnarly angles. Well, uh, consistency is obviously going to be what what improves with a bit of time. But Christ, he's a promising talent. Well, yeah, it's so rare in Canada for guys to skip college and go right to the pros. It's almost almost no one does that. So for him to you know say like, okay, I just want to get a couple of years of professional experience under my belt, and they they have been a pretty tough couple of years for him with injuries and then. You know, being the third uh, option as uh, at opposite for Warsaw this year, it's it's not been easy, but I think he's learned a lot. Uh, I think he's going to have a huge summer with the Canadian national team. I think that starting spot will probably be his, uh, depending on how well Ryan Sclater does. But you know, mm-hmm. he's a great player. I think he's learning a lot, learning how to you know train a lot better. Yeah, They're very professional in Poland, so it's a good environment for him. Yeah. 
serious sport there for sure. Be interesting. He's he's obviously been Antigua's the coach, right? At Warsaw. Yeah. Yep. So there was the there was a connection there that Canadians would go and work with him in exactly. in turn to make the Canadian national team stronger in the long. Grass was there this year yeah. as well. He's a very good player. So yeah, yeah, intrigued to see what happens if if he can fix himself as a really big right side. I think you've got the left side nailed in right for Canada through through uh, Perrin. Well, we have Gord Perrin actually who yeah. transfer transfer uh, um, right after I recorded my podcast yesterday. Someone uh, let me know that parent is Santa Cruzero. I don't know if you've heard, heard that news yet. No. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so humongous. A genuine reaction from Louis here. <laughs> that's so a, what, are your first, what are your first impressions of that? It's a great contract. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a great contract. Good league. One of the best teams in the world. It's, a, it's an improvement for him. Um, excited for him because I think he's earned it. I think over time he's proved to be consistent passing and through point scoring as well. So I think he de- I think he deserves a go at one of the, the yeah the bigger clubs. What was he? Where is he at the moment? Last year he was in Beijing. Now he's so he's in uh, Belgorod in Russia. Yeah, Belgorod and who had a decent season. They're already out of the playoffs. Uh, had a decent showing. I, I believe it was the CV Cup. Yeah. So, but I think this is going to put him a little bit more in the spotlight. Yeah, it's great. And though, a good huh? replacement for Sadiq Zero too. I mean Taylor Sander. That's big shoes to fill. So yeah. Where's there? Uh, is there any news on where Sanders going? Sanders in uh, Dynamo Moscow for he's, next season. He's going to Moscow. I saw that he was leaving. I saw a post online. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's some big... LaRue's leaving too, so Sadiq has got another uh, foreign slot to fill. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, LaRue's an interesting character. You, you'd, you'd be interested to see where people go now in the build-up to Tokyo. I think for Perrin, yeah. Perrin, it's a great move in the build-up to Tokyo to go and play Brazilian level every week. I think it's going to do him doing the world of good in the build-up. But it's going to be interesting to see who else goes yeah, to different different spots. So, some will want to go and play less volleyball, so they'll go to China. Yeah. So, some will want to be playing more volleyball, or be wanting to, to test themselves in a great league every week. Yeah. Depends what you yeah. in the women's game. Yeah, there's been some rumours of some big names going to China, and you'd think, A, their league's getting better, granted, but B... It's still uh, more, yeah, it's a shorter season, less games, less intense. Yeah, well, imagine if you're playing in the Olympics in the summer and you can finish volleyball in February. Yeah, like, you can uh, get... you have tons of rest and prepare yourself properly. Yeah. Well, can we let's talk about the schedule this summer for some players because that is absolutely crazy what some of these guys are, <laughs> are, are going to have to pull off. Yeah, we spoke about it. Europeans. We spoke about it a couple of times. Imagine being in the Champions League final and then playing VNL. Like it, it it doesn't make sense. And last year, I don't know if you listened to our episode with Lonica Sloches. Uh, I, I listened to it a while ago, though, yeah. Yeah, she was... We, we did that when I was in China, and she was just saying that it's not the competition, it makes complete sense, but to play a Champions League one week and be expected for national team duty the next, and it's not like you're going quietly. Like, the build-up for a Champions League final is intense. It's, yes. It's physically intense, it's psychologically intense, but then on the other hand... The next week, you're back in to go with the national team and you're preparing for, last year it was a world champs. This year it's Olympic qualifiers, there's European champs, there's a the world European cup, it's, it's nuts. Uh-huh. But intriguing yeah. at the same time, right? Like, who can, who can use it the best? Do, do you right. fit, uh, yeah, go on, tell me your thoughts. Well, I was gonna say, I think, I think you're gonna see a lot of players uh, 
kind of missed Nations League. I know Irvin Engafeta has already said, you know, I'm playing in the Champions League finals. I'm going to take a few weeks off. I'm not going to play in those first few weeks in Nations, which we've seen him do before. He, he tends, think, he tends think, to do what he wants most of the time anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah France can't really say anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> you do your thing. Yeah. But I, I think we're going to see more of that. I think, you know, we're, we're even, we were already aware of it, but I think we're starting to become more aware of just how important rest is for these guys. I know TJ Sanders has talked about this a lot, how he just took the year off because, you know, the repetitive stress of just constant, constant year-round volleyball. You just, you just can't do it infin- infinitely, so... I think we're going to see that a little bit more of this Nations League, which is fine too. I think it actually serves better as, you know, get to see some younger guys, get to see some new faces on the national team. Mm-hmm. So I think it, that's what the competition should be. Guys who can are willing to travel, <laughs> really younger and can put up with that the amount of travel. Like, yeah, you, you've got to be you've got to be wanting to touch the ball, right? Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's not just exactly. injuries. Like some people are struggling with injuries, but you've you've got to want to be out there. Otherwise, yeah. there's no, especially at that level. Like we always, when I was coaching the national team on the beach. That was always our thing. Like, how do I always make them want to be there, touching the ball, and it doesn't become like just we're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be be interesting to see. But also the the schedule of when I think schedule this year, I think European champs finish on like a Saturday, Saturday and then on the Monday yeah. or Tuesday, they've, the men have got to be in Japan for the World Cup. Uh, have you seen that? And the World Cup twelve man rosters too. It's not like yeah, you yeah. Can... <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a crazy summer, especially who's like maybe Poland and France that are playing in all of those four competitions. It's gonna Italy. be tough. But I will. Are you going to any of the what events are you going to this summer? I'm doing some VNL mm-hmm. from um, London. So all of the VNL apart from the finals done from London. But I've I've got six days, so seven eight days. That I think that's all. So not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I've got I've got heaps of uh, I've got heaps of beach so I'm I'm going to China tomorrow for the four star um, oh, then I come back for three weeks I go to Turkey for a two star which is interesting never realised you could commentate on FIVB two stars but yeah. there you go um, then I am China again for three days Xinjiang um, straight to the Czech Republic almost after that after the Czech Republic, it's uh, I do some coaching for a weekend. We have like a national comp here, and then it's uh, Hamburg, Stad, Moscow, uh, maybe double Moscow, and then maybe another couple of things in between. So yeah, we'll see. That is a serious travel schedule. <laughs> yeah, I've just been booking flights today. Actually, <laughs> it's just yeah. it's that, that that mixture between like yeah, this is the dream, and <laughs> yeah. oh shit, yeah, this is going to be tough on <laughs> tough on a few things. So yeah, like it, it's good. So I'm I'm really. I'm really into the beach again at the minute, um, but I don't keep an eye off the indoor, and I think that's what the podcast has been awesome for. Yeah, I've yes. wanted to give well, something back. That's the whole back. idea like, of why I, I want to do the podcast and YouTube videos and stuff, because it is so hard as kind of an English speaker to find resources for pro volleyball. It's mostly non-existent, so I think just having a way to keep up with stuff, I think has helped a lot of people which is the main feedback I've gotten so far yeah you do You like I listened to a couple the other day and I was just like this is yeah your knowledge is insane and it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's infectious so the more that we can do little things like this and crossover pods I for, for me it's a hundred percent about growing the game exactly um, I'm trying to make it I think we have a great sport beach and indoors and I just think it it's a group it's a group responsibility to grow it 
at least in I mean you've probably been to Toronto before but like volleyball is super popular here like you can't go like every few blocks it seems like there's a league or mm-hmm. tournaments going on but the thing is nobody really watches it in the pro level because there's you know we don't have a pro league here people will follow in college and then yeah we spoke, about the spoke to Jordan Larson about that like it's funny how it, obviously it's the States but how it just 23 seems to be the end of of volleyball exactly. like as soon as you hit 23 that's career yeah. over and yeah, yeah. there's a big there's a big world out there to go and actually challenge <laughs> challenge and I've seen some American players who are at a university that from where I live they're playing in Kosovo and there's leagues there where you can go and play pro and there's all these yeah. like gnarly little spots where you can go and go play volleyball <laughs> and a lot of my friends one's in Austria one's in yeah, yeah. like oh, Belgium Sweden there, there's, there's loads of people around so it's it's a big world for anyone listening to to go and travel and and compete uh do you want to talk a little bit more about nations league kind of do a little short preview love to okay so on the men's side we have korea going mm-hmm. out we have portugal coming in mm-hmm. i don't think a lot of people have seen portugal yeah they have some uh, quite good players including uh alexander ferreira who was playing on the zavrici in poland mm-hmm. but i think i think it's i think it's going to be the americans this summer who are really gonna i think they've been like too many second places too many third places i think I think we all kind of forget that they were basically this close to winning uh, the world championships. They almost beat Poland. I think they would have gone on to beat Brazil had they won that match. And I, I think it's going to be the summer of the Americans, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I struggle at the moment from looking from the outside in. This is my coaching background coming through. Yeah, okay. Um, but I would, I would say that last year what I learned about the Nations League and the world champs is that different teams peaked at the world champs to who peaked at the Nations League. So if you look at the men's and the women's, both like Russia got kicked out early in the men's and in the women's. Um, Especially women's, it seemed to be, mm-hmm. the standings were completely different in both tournaments. For sure. And my, my views on it is just purely that I, I think you'll see, as you said, like people now using the VNL to prepare for the competitions coming up unless they're looking to perform in this competition. There's a a famous thing that I learned in Japan for Davide Mazzanti from the Italian women. And between VNL and um, the World Championships, he managed to increase the speed of every offense by 0.8 seconds on average. Really? Yeah. And and to me, that's saying that, do you know what they were working on? They didn't perform in the VNL, but you could see they were were ready to to light up. At least the main team that looked completely different. Yeah. In, in the two tournaments yeah for sure and that, that that for me is like maybe what the VNL is potentially going to be for like some team will be going there with an outcome focus that they they want right. to they want to win that tournament there others and coaches will be like okay can we up the speed of our offense by this or can we run more of these types of offenses or can we run at this speed or can we can we run these plays for mm-hmm. that competition in in a right. few months the but Olympic qualifiers or the Euro, Euro volley or, for sure or whatever but I'd say USA completely in in the mix I'd yes. say they're a team also that they want to build confidence right right because they have had some disappointing results over the last few seasons of play yeah I would uh, also I'm interested to see Italy um, right. obviously Zaitsev is, is Zaitsev where he can be is he going to be, play a big part. Is this Do a you chance? Think that, will play in Nations League? He seems I'd, like one of the players that would might jump out. Yeah. But that might be Monterey better for him, right? 
Yeah, but that might be better for them. But it's, I think it's that time for Italy. Like they struggle with left, they struggle on the left side, mm-hmm. and they yeah. and they they would struggle without Zaitsev. But somebody needs to fill Zaitsev's shoes pretty fast. Especially yeah, on the left side with Randozo, I believe he's going to be out for most of the summer with that torn ACL. And you know, Oleg Antonov isn't always willing to play for the team as well. So start. You don't realize there's not actually a ton of depth in the Italian outsides, really. It's because of Lanza, and then after that, it's their league, right? Like their league yeah. is far too strong, so they they, they can <laughs> and they have all the money to be able to bring everybody in. So I I think their league suffers, just like the FA Premier League and for for soccer, England's mm-hmm. national team has struggled for a long time because we have the best foreign players in the world. Right. Yeah. The, the local guys don't get quite as much exposure. So. What do you think the the perfect amount of foreign players is in the league? Because Italy, we have four. Poland, three. Russia, I believe, is two. What do you think? I France think, and Germany, there's no limits. Yeah, I think Poland must be doing something, right? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I I see what they I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But that but that's built on more than just that. It's built on a massive culture and right. Vito Heinen's done a great job following on. Yeah, it's it's a real balance thing, isn't it? I'd say if you're a performance director, looking down at the the channel of of players, you'd want to make sure that you have players in every position playing in the top teams. Right. Every week. Getting that like really valuable experience all season. Yeah. I, at I the same think... time, you think you develop the culture internally, and develop these players in the youth system, and then they can earn those top spots even if there's foreign players mm-hmm. available that they can earn them over the foreign players. Yeah, exactly. And I think Turkey and the women's, is it four? I think it's four. But you've seen that Turkish volleyball has improved on the women's side massively. Right. Giovanni Guidetti being a massive enforcer of that. But yeah. also because they've attracted the big players, it's actually up the level of the Turkish players around them. And right. I think having also something really smart is having Guidetti as the head coach of Turkey and also the best team in Turkey because he's constantly growing the home talent around his big superstars so the, so you're uh, saying as a coach you're saying it comes down to coaching <laughs> I would say that <laughs> I, yeah, I would with my with, with my background yeah I would say that but I I think that there's a, there's little pockets of success that make sense I don't know the whole story of anything but I guess everybody reads between the lines in their own ways and for Turkey I see that the same national team coach as the Kif Banks coach means that he's always got one eye on his other job right. and he's breeding right. two levels of success and I think that's pretty smart I, I, I agree and you can I mean maybe not this year in Champions League but every other year they've seen tons of success from them like you said the Turkish national team huge growth in the last few years yeah I think it it and they have some youth right as well they're um they're really exciting to watch um because melissa vargas might be qualifying to play for them as well which would mm-hmm. be sick and she's a cute she's when, a cute when is that going to be completed i don't know i think she she's a couple of years summer. away but she's still young nice. i saw her play at 14 yeah. top scorer for cuba in the world champs <laughs> 14 and then she's obviously Prodigy. left Prodigy. yeah un- unbelievable like in incredible yeah so i don't know for the women's I just think the VNL will be slightly more open because it'll be interesting to see men and women who they play. Right. And who well, can... I think in men, you have a pretty clear top eight mm-hmm. and then 
a pretty clear tier after that. The woman, I think, is a little more fluid. Yeah, for sure. I the Russia need a performance. Yeah, Russia could do with. I'd, I'd put my money back on Russia. Yeah, you, you think the likes of too, like their B team could be in this competition easily too, right? Yeah, like, for sure. They have a lot of depth. But you look at Volkov and. Um, Kaluka, e- yeah. yeah, Kaluka. Like those boys are young; they're only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like they're only going to keep firing you up. So Fakel and what they've got and what they're growing, like they're only going to become better on those. It's, it seems like they're staying in Fakel too. Dmitry Volkov for sure has said, hey, "I'm loyal to this team. I want to stay there." Sweet. I think we're still waiting on word from Kaluka, but hopefully they can keep it together. Yeah, well, I imagine that Zenit would take either of those two as well, right? Like if they could. Um, I think they've probably tried and then failed and that's why they're doing Sokolov at opposite and Mikhailov mm. at outside. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. Who else, uh, what do you think of France for that spot in the... Uh... France is a bit of an enigma, Because eh? like you said, they, you know, Nations League was were amazing and then World Championships almost an afterthought. Uh, I think I have France as... I put them at number four. I did a whole little... <laughs> oh, legend. Here. What have you got? What's, what's, your, what's your, your ranking? Okay, so I already said USA number one. I agree with you. Uh, Russia number two. So I think they're a huge, I think those are huge threats. Brazil number three. You just can't. I made the mistake I think last summer about like putting Brazil too low on my predictions, and then you know the Brazilian fans just got absolutely Man, roasted, ev- and they made the finals. Everyone does that. I like everyone walked in and we're like Brazil don't look strong. No Murillo, like having to yeah. rely on. Uh, you'd say Douglas, Lippe on the outside. Everyone was like, yeah, you might be... And Lucas Lowe, you'd be like, oh, yeah, like, they'll struggle. But, man, they, they just got better as the competition progressed. I see Douglas Susan. He's, he's a star now. Like He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he is amazing. Uh, I had France at number four. Uh, I think... I mean, a lot of their players didn't have the best seasons, I don't think. Uh, Stefan Boyer actually struggled a lot more than I thought he would, uh, making the jump from the French League to the Italian league on Verona. Um, but their outsides, they're going to have a real interesting choice at outside because they basically have, they have Irvin Pet mm-hmm. for sure, who went out played Nations League, but he's definitely a starting position. But then you have Thibaut Rossard, Julian Liniel, Trevor Clevenow, all three guys, like absolute stars. Kevin Tilly as well, like four guys yeah. basically. Who... But I think Tilly will have to be managed due to injuries. Yeah. Like I, I think that I think that's going to be a key key thing for everyone is how can they, again like, that French team like they're a superstar team for that age group right but they're all getting, they're all getting towards well, their thirties. By the way, his podcast with Kevin Tilly I think was like one of the most hilarious <laughs> things I've listened to. He's a very uh, you enjoy personable it. guy. He's a yes. he's a very personal guy and I know him. I can't say I know him very well, but I know him fairly well. He he came to a beach volleyball camp with his wife that I was coaching on. Um, so before the interview, I spoke to his wife and got a load of dirt on him. Yeah. <laughs> so Hilarious. I could just, I, I could almost put it, yeah, he's a very funny guy. Um, very serious, but also very funny at the same time. And then I have Poland, number five. I actually think that might be a bit high for them because Leon can't play yet. Looks like Bartosz Kurek is uh, going to be out for Nations League probably as well. Get Flasway back. Also. Get Flasway back in. Yeah. <laughs> One last Lashley, man. He he started to fall apart a bit at the end of the season. I was almost surprised that he signed on for another year with Scraw. Yeah, I think he's got a contract for life, though, right? Oh yeah, I think as long as he wants. Yeah, so that's the that's that's the balance. They they are saying, right. you know, like he's not as athletic or 
as high and he can't hit the same angles. But, I mean, he's a great dude. So I'm, even having him around would probably be worth the money. I think they're going to do like a bit of like the retirement tour type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Serbia six. Uh, I think we've all like Serbians. They're all absolute stars of their club teams, but sometimes they don't manage to put it together for uh, the national team season, which is like on paper, you think they look like maybe even the best team on paper, but do you think if they have Bruno or Christensen setting that when the, uh, that yes, stuff? fair enough. Nikola Jovovic is definitely there their weak spot yeah so yeah that's actually a good question with Michael Christensen would Serbia win Gianelli yeah any of those top five guys I think I think they would uh, I think they would be have to be the favourite yeah I would say so yeah I'd say so alright I'm going to talk about number seven Canada a uh, bit of a biased pick obviously because I'm Canadian but I think uh, they're right in there in the mix got Perrin on the outside Figrass in the middle, you got TJ Sanders, hopefully will be back for the season. You got Shawan Vernon Evans, like we discussed earlier in the podcast, playing it opposite. But also we saw Ryan Sclater last year had a really good performance in Nations League. So maybe maybe he'll be the guy uh, if Shawan doesn't play up to his standards. Uh, Blair Ban, I think one of the most underrated Liberos in volleyball right now, had a killer season with Shomaw, who is moving on to the uh, French League semi-finals soon. And a couple question marks uh, with Canada regarding who's going to be their second outside hitter and who's going to be their second middle hitter. Probably going to be Lucas Van Berkel, but we will see. And I guess one of the question, a couple question marks for the Canadian team. We have Perrin as you captain Canada on the outside, but we're not really like we we're not really sure who our second guy is going to be. Like Stephen Marr uh, is there potentially. Uh, we have Jason Thoreau, Riley Barnes. There's a, there's a few options there. And the hype in Canada is for a couple of guys who are finishing their college careers soon. Have you heard of Eric Lepke before? No. No. So he's a, he's a Canadian player outside, like, like incredible player. Only I think he's only 20, 21 right now. Uh, has one more year of college probably, but he's already apparently gotten pro offers from teams in Italy, teams in Poland, teams from wherever. So we're, he might actually be a big player on the national team this year. And then I'm sure you've heard of this guy, uh, Dan and Jimma. Yeah. On UCLA. Yeah. yeah. So we're wondering if this is the year that he finally gets to play on the senior team. And it would be a good, he would be, good wouldn't time. he be exciting to watch it'd in be, Nations League? be very exciting. And then also might just be a bit of a wild card for Tokyo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Like a lot of people saying he's not like his blocking isn't good enough to play on that level, but you know, when you have a guy that athletic, mm-hmm. I think I think you have to take a chance personally, and I think he should be on the team. But I agree. I don't get to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm gonna go through the rest of them a little quicker. Yeah. Italy at number eight, even though they might not have their main guys still. Top eight team in the world. Yep, easy. Easy. Bulgaria at number nine. I think they have they have a couple of guys who I think uh, I don't know if you've been call, following NCAA at all. Not not uh, on the pulse. Uh, Radu Parapunov on. Hawaii has been like by far the best player in my opinion in yeah. college volleyball and he's Bulgarian I think he could be on the team and then Martin uh, Atanasov played on Shomon this season okay I think a couple of young guys could see, see to watch out for keep an eye out for them yeah that's uh, on Iran number 10 still got great players yeah we'll see sort of hitting a bit of a they've yeah. peaked right there they're struggling to keep up like Maruf got relegated this year 
Um, yeah, that was a weird season in Siena. I yeah. think that, like, what a talented team on paper again. <laughs> yeah, super great team. And then they got they went down. Yeah, well, what was it? They lost, I think it was nine sets in five, in, or nine games in five sets. Like, they were 0-9 in those five setters. <laughs> <laughs> I had a team like that when I was a kid we got relegated because we lost like 10, 10 games 3-2 <laughs> like, what yeah. what that's that's incredible I, I always uh, I'm always impressed with Aram but also I don't know Abadapur's still pretty young right the score outsider he's still 25 he's 20, 24, 25 yeah, yeah I, I think a lot rests on his shoulders with, with Maruf but Maruf's like what 35 yeah he's getting up there and I'm yeah. not really sure who either back at even would be because Maruf has just been the face of mm. volleyball in Iran for so long. I mean, they have a couple like younger guys like uh, Javad Manavi and Marteza Sharifi. Yeah, so I got those guys, but yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. I'm sure they. The thing about Iran, like some of their player, good players don't play over like out of the country, so you kind of don't hear about them until Nations League, and they're oh, these guys are actually really good. Yeah, so they jump out the gym. Uh, I have Argentina eleven. Conte. Conte. Again, they're like also one of those teams like who's uh who's gonna play, right? Like is Dicheco gonna play, like is Conte gonna play? So Yeah, they're see. they're all again players that are coming through the other end of their career and Exactly potentially yeah, value of... value other things in, in their life at this stage mm-hmm. of things, right? Like that's just the way that it is. Uh, Japan number twelve. I think uh again, just always a team with not maybe not the tallest, most talented team, but have run a really good system. They all yeah. play together a lot, so yeah, for sure. Germany thirteen, Portugal fourteen, Australia fifteen, China sixteen. Ooh. Do any of those? Do you think any of those should be way higher? I think Australia might Australia might pop up a bit. Okay, I think they'll be well organized. I mean, we we already talked about Mark twelve. Twelve. I think put them above Portugal. Mm-hmm. Who did you say thirteen? Thirteen Germany. I mean, these are still good teams at the bottom here. Like, I think Nations League has done a pretty good job of like keeping everyone competitive. Yeah, I'd say there's a surprise. I'd I'd say Aussies get a twelve. Okay. Okay, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Wait, have you done women's? Uh, I did women's, women's as well. Uh, again, not quite as knowledgeable, so there might be a few interesting yeah, ones no, here. But course. I have Serbia one. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just been so successful over the last few years. USA 2, Netherlands 3. I think we've seen a lot of, like, growth from the the Dutch team the last few years, I think. They'd love to get a podium, for sure. I think it's time for a medal. Because a couple couple fifth places. Jamie Jamie Morrison's coming on next week as well. Oh, nice. Which will will be epic. It'll be very cool. Yeah. Uh, Brazil 4, Italy 5 again. Well, Brazil have maybe just lost six of their players, right? They've all decided they're not going to play for... Possibly oh, for yeah, the coach. Again, like we said with the men, like they're Brazil. Like Brazil I, I just, I'm just never gonna put them mm-hmm. outside the top five until mm-hmm. <laughs> until they actually start losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, China six, great performance at the World Championships. You think they're only a sixth, sixth place? I mean, yeah. Now, now that you've talked, you might, might have talked me into uh, China over Italy. Or, I mean, China over Brazil. I think they have quite a young. I, I think Lang Ping's queen of developing something for a certain date and time. I think she's a bit of a mastermind. So I think she'll still be using, yeah. I think they're still building, maybe building up towards. Building, 
but they have a 17 year old on the wing who's left hander hits back across the body very nicely uh, Lie I think and they have Zhu Ting it depends how how much they use her I guess but I think the one thing I'm impressed about Chinese volleyball is again like you were saying about the Russians they could field their second team and still I think be top six yeah. so yeah. I think they'll definitely be in top six I would imagine they would be in the top four at some place Yeah. maybe even top two but we'll see we'll see what they've been doing I mean they're in the mix they're, they're for always, sure. always in the mix going to be where where is the women's uh finals happening this year because i know the men's is in chicago which i'm going to be going to which will be quite so, fun you're going to broadcast from there uh i'm not sure what i'm going to do yet bring a camera bring bring some mm-hmm. stuff yeah probably do a podcast there yeah for so. sure i'm taking all this to china at the weekend to see if i can get some content should be cool. yeah yeah it'll be very cool um i would say that i would say you're not far away i'd say the the level of the men's overall is stronger top 16 teams I'd say the women's top 10 super strong and then I'd say that, that back six is pretty open for anyone to yeah to, to to sort of find themselves in some problems you've got a bit of a safety net in Nations League though hard, hard to drop out well for most teams it's impossible to drop yeah. out yeah even if, you, even if you come in last yeah if you if you rest some players for the early stages and then you bring your big guns in at the end you'll still be fine uh-huh. right you want to do your dream team? See, so go for it. You go men's, women's. Are you going? Um, yeah, I got both. I got current current teams for both. Amazing. Right, let's hear it. Yeah. So, men's side on my outside, I got Leon and Engapet. Yep. I don't think there are any other choices for that. They're such a good like offense defense combo. Yep. I think they would work so well together. Both like serve the heck out of the ball. Yep. Easy, easy choices. Opposite, I have Mikhailov. Yeah. Uh, it's been the best opposite, in my opinion, for a number of years now. Re- really good player. Middle blockers, Mazursky and Simon. Yeah, this is true. I think those two guys. I mean, you could say, like, maybe a Liz Nash, maybe a, a Lucas Sackcamp, but I think those two guys are just dynamic, can do it mm-hmm. both as servers and as blockers and as hitters, which is you ra- rarely find all three in the middle. Yeah, the all round collective. Probably the toughest one on this team is Setter, because I think that, you know, those top five setters are all so close to each other, but I picked Micah Christensen as the guy. But, you know, you could go Gianelli, DiCicco, Tani Udi, or, uh, or Bruno as well. Wouldn't have any arguments with that. And then Libero, Grubenikov, easy choice. That's a, yeah, it's a great seven. I, I don't know if I would... There's quite a few where I, I question, but I don't know what I could pick out for weaknesses there, mate, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you could go maybe opposite. You could go a few different directions with that as well. Maybe you want, mm. like middle blockers who are just like blocking complete specialists I guess yeah getting but out other... getting out quick yeah reading the game nah but I think you got a good balance there I, I, I don't think those two middles are going to let you down too many times right especially with how good you're going to be in a serving area <laughs> like yeah. if, if they're passing off the net there's there's more time to get out to the wings mm-hmm. nice women's women's I have uh, outside hitters I have Zhu Ting and Kim Yun Jong uh, on the outsides, you know, don't yeah. think too. I mean, you could, there's so many good outsides on the woman's side as well, mm-hmm. but I think those two, you know, provide a good balance mm-hmm. of everything. Good hitters, good passers. They've both been named many opposite, times before. Opposite, I'm not going with uh, Boscovich. I'm going with Iganu. Interesting you say that. We'll talk about that afterwards, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Uh, first middle blocker, uh, Razic, yeah. I think. The second middle blocker, though, I, I really struggled with because I'm like, I don't know. There's 
there's Razic and then like I, I, I'm not sure who I would go with the second one so I went with uh, uh, Velkovic nice Serbian so two Serbians right. on the middle Serbians uh, create great middles I've said it once I I've mean said, on the men's side I've, too yeah that's like, what I, I've said it a million times in my commentary I'm like what is it the Serbians do with their middle players to just yeah. keep crunching out these great these, these great middles yeah insane and then I have Osbe uh, as my setter mm-hmm. and uh, De Gennaro as my libero nice very strong why do you go for Agonu over uh, Boscovic I've been watching a lot of Agonu recently mm-hmm. you know with the Champions League and stuff I just think like she she has a lot of room to still improve uh, she's just can take a, such a high set load so well I think her ability to like hit around the blockers is amazing I think if you give her like on this team she would have a million single blocks yeah. I think like she can absolutely crush those I mean you, like Boscovich would you could go with her easily too yeah but yeah I I found a different I watch a different Boscovich sometimes for Ex-Jakabasi than I do for Serbia yes yeah, that's true like I, I, I find that this year Champions League was a little yeah I find the relationship she has with um, uh, Maya Ogunjanovic is yeah. is on point and I think that's credit to how good she is as a setter for Serbia because mm-hmm. um, she gets the best out of Boscovic where Agoni just seems to be firing on all cylinders all of the time and, and that would be why I've I've maybe changed and would have Agoni in there instead of Boscovic at the World Champs oh, so, so you would agree with me I, I probably would agree with you at the moment but yeah. you know like this punditry thing it changes all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there's both, an argument for everything right incredible players and yeah. like we both we have them at least a decade more right like so young crazy yeah future's scary good I, I think yeah. I think women's volleyball's in a really strong spot at the minute yeah. just seems Isabel to be... Hayek too like yeah well she's gonna go to the Kif isn't she Can yes that? is that is that yes. deal done I think yeah, I think I think that is a done deal I'm gonna, so. we're gonna have to get Lonica Sloches back on the show to figure out what's going on <laughs> she's, yeah. she's epic eh she's, she's also a Someone who can score that many points, what, like 40 in a game, playing opposite for, for the Netherlands, like, she's going to be key going forward. It'd be interesting to see what they do. I'm interested to talk to Jamie Morrison about trying yes. to, to figure out his plans on how he's rolling. Celeste Plack obviously wasn't playing so much last year. So, yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that podcast. Uh, any other guests you want to tease? Oh, at the moment we're trying trying to get a few more. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, sure there, the there is there is one that we'll share. There we've we've uh, we've got Nikolai from the beach coming on, which is dope. Um, nice. So yeah, Nick Nikolai is um, obviously Olympic silver medalist. Uh, I think twice European champ. So yeah, and then we might we, there might be a couple of weeks beach because I'm obviously circulating the beach pretty hard at the moment, so it's a lot easier to to get content. So we'll um. Yeah, we'll well, see, but I'm we... going to be following our women's teams quite closely this summer, probably yeah. because you know we've got two elite ones at the moment for Cana- yeah. for the Canadians. Yep. Yeah. Are, are you um Are you doing any work with the federation? Uh, not with Canada. I actually do work with the uh, CV. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. What yeah, do you do so... for them? Uh, just kind of do like some social media stuff, some graphical stuff, some. Uh, yeah, mostly graphics, I would say. And I'm actually going over for the uh, Eurovolley in September. So. Oh, sick. I might hopefully see you there. If, yeah, if, if you're around. If you're around. To. But we'd love to get you back on the show before that, man. Like, it'd be cool yeah. maybe uh, 
to do something in the build up to the Champions League finals. That would be pretty okay. cool to, to do a quick episode if, if you'd be keen. Some yeah, previews and, and stuff like that. So, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on Freeball, the volleyball podcast. Your knowledge is exceptional. Um, and hopefully, we get to see you again really soon, mate. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad. Um, it was a good talk. I'm glad to you know share my knowledge with uh, your listeners. Yeah, it's been been epic. Thank you. No, hopefully, we do that Champions League chat. That's got to be a, for yes. sure. So that's another episode of Freeball the Volleyball Podcast. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram, Freeball Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, but keep supporting the pod and keep passing it around as well to new people who are into the sport but might not have heard of us as well. We didn't even do the news this week, but because of our guest, 5-1 Volleyball, who's just so knowledgeable, we didn't really need to give you any no- any news. Anyway, we'll be back very, very soon. As you might have heard, we've got some exciting guests coming on the show. But thanks very much, and we'll see you again soon.